The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. International Women's Day is definitely so important. I don't think women get the recognition they deserve, um, especially in sport. Um, so I, I definitely feel that having more women in the game is has been a big plus. We need days and months like this so that we can show our appreciation for what they do, for the sacrifices they put in and for, for what they, they are able to achieve. I think um, it's, it's important that you know, they're raised obviously to, to show that you know, we, want, uh, we want equality in, in everyday life and in, you know, in all walks of life and everyone should have the same, the same opportunities regardless of you know, your, your gender, your, your race, your you know, sexuality, whatever, whatever it may be. It's great to see that, that so, many, so many women are influential and, and many people look up to them. I mean, just because of your gender doesn't mean that um, people can't look up to you and you can't inspire other people. And I think that's the most powerful thing. A lot of uh, time in the in the past, it's gone under the radar of the importance, and um, we've seen from history uh, the struggles that women have had to go through um, to get so much as, as the vote and, and continue along that path. And um, definitely making strides in, in terms of sport of late, and a lot more um, publicity around women's football um, coming to the coming to the forefront so um, it's very important and um, definitely improvements are being made and, and long may that continue. You of course are one of the um, 2019 World Cup winners and so many girls and women are today Rose dreaming of being of course the next Rose LaBelle so did you think at any point in your life when you were growing up that you would be in such a position to inspire so many? I mean, I had always envisioned myself playing um, professional soccer, um, but I don't think I ever really understood the magnitude of what that meant, and I know how important it was for me to have female role models to look up to. I mean, I was obsessed with Mia Hamm, Christine Lilly, Julie Foudy, all of them, and it was so important for me to like see them and know that I wanted to be in their shoes one day, so it's kind of cool now that I find myself in their shoes and I feel like it's kind of come full circle and I'm able to give back to the sport in the same way it's given to me. Yeah, Lavelle, certainly an inspiration to many as we take a look back now through the history of women's football in the UK. Back in 1920, 53,000 spectators made up the largest crowd at the time for a women's game in England. The following year, though, the Football Association banned women from playing football on league grounds. That was in 1921. That ban, which stunted the growth of the women's game for decades, wasn't lifted by the FA Council until 1971, 50 years after it was imposed. In 1991, a National League was launched by the Women's Football Association, helping revitalize the women's game in the country. And notably, in 1998, Hope Powell, the current manager of Brighton in the Women's Super League, was appointed the first full-time coach for the women's national team. 
and Karen Carney. She made history back in January, became the first woman to serve as a co-commentator on a Premier League production world feed. You'll hear her today as co-commentator for our first game, Chelsea versus Everton, alongside Peter Drury. That's coming up here in about 15 minutes. Thomas, congratulations on the victory. We talked pre-match, didn't we, about the importance of getting those points yeah. against your direct rivals for top four. Yeah. And you did exactly that today in quite exquisite fashion as well. Yeah, we deserved to win. It was a very, very difficult first half um, where, we, uh, where we struggled a little bit to find the moments for acceleration. But we controlled it completely. It was hard to find the spaces. Uh, second half, we we played, uh, we we increased our level. Uh, we had shorter distances uh, in passing. We found the spaces better to escape the pressure. We had a lot of dangerous attacks. We created many chances with uh, ball wins. So first half was was difficult, but good performance, but difficult. Second half was excellent, and this is a well-deserved win, in my opinion. Kai Havertz was sort of at the centre of everything today. There yeah. was the own goal, there was the handball and winning the penalty as well for Jorginho yeah. to score. We'll talk about him in a minute, but in terms of that um, VAR decision and the not giving the, yeah. the goal, do you have any complaints about that? Because VAR has been in the spotlight, handball has been in the spotlight in the, over yeah. the past week. All it? the time. <laughs> and I think it's not necessary that I give my point of view. I <laughs> we would love to hear I, it. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it completely because we see a lot of similar situations, but it's, you have the feeling that it's not always handled in the same, exactly same way. Today, I have to be honest, I did not see it on, on TV yet, and so it's better not to comment. Okay, fair enough. And on Kai Havertz, look, he's someone who's been trying to find his way back in the team. He, like I said, you know, in the, the last question, he was at the centre of everything. How yep. pleased were you with the positivity of his performance today? Very, very pleased. Um, it's the trust that we gave him today and he used his opportunity uh, and uh, he fulfilled his role. Very, very fluid, um, was was uh, excellent performance. He is a, he's a guy who has uh, all uh, abilities, all talent to, to be a dominant figure in the offense. And uh, he stepped up today and was involved in a lot of dangerous situations and um, happy for him that he could show uh, a performance like that. It felt like a lot went against you today. Was that bad luck or was it because the team perhaps didn't perform at the high level that you would have expected today? No, I think that they played better. They played better than us. I think at the end... Uh, they deserve to win. We were good defensively for 30 minutes after the goal. We didn't concede opportunity. And when uh, they, they opened the score, the game was more difficult for us. That's, that's it there. They are a good team. I mean, of course, Ben with the own goal seemed a little bit unlucky as well. Jordan Pickford put in such a good performance today. But, of course, that one moment that led to the penalty as well just changed the game for you completely. Yeah, Jordan did. Uh, Jordan did really well. He did, did the good save. We were, we were more um, um, defensively. We had more difficulty in the second half. But Jordan saved. Of course, the penalty could do better, but it doesn't change the, the performance that uh, that was good for him. No arguments about the actual penalty being given. That was def definitely uh, penalty to you. No, I think it was penalty. Honestly. High praise there for Carlo Ancelotti playing against Chelsea. And it seems basically every team that is playing Chelsea right now has high praise for them. They're very difficult. They, they are. And what I really like about what, what Tuchel is doing at Chelsea is that when you look at most teams, there are untouchables within that team. 
There's no untouchables at Chelsea's in terms of individual players. So every player, whether they're starting a game, whether they're coming off the bench, they always feel as though they have a point to prove. They want to go on this journey with Tuchel. There'll be no doubt that some players will leave in the summer, then some players will come in. So they're all sort of on a little bit of a trial, so they're all out to impress. And everybody's getting their opportunity to show their capable was, whilst also maintaining the fact that they could and probably will finish in the top four. Yeah. So from Tuchel's perspective, absolutely brilliant so far. So strong defensively, nine clean sheets in the 11 games under Tuchel so far. Tactically, it seems like they have an advantage right now over some other teams. Well, they do, and, and the criticism has been they haven't scored enough goals hmm. under, under Tom Tuchel. Today, I thought they were, uh, they were absolutely fantastic in the way that they set themselves up in possession. They almost, on the opposite side of the ball, as, they, as they're in comfortable possession, see Marcus Alonso here on the bottom of your screen. He creates a four across the front. So now Everton has to go man for man with one of the midfielders marking. They get away with it slightly here with the Awobi making up the ground. But you see how much pressure it puts on the Everton defenders because there's no cover. When you're a defender, you want cover. Now everyone's man for man. Marcus Alonso here runs off the back of Awobi, doesn't see him, passes him on, but there's no way to pass him on two because... Chelsea make you go man for man by being by pushing that that weak side wing back higher, and it caused all sorts of problems for Everton. They couldn't figure it out. Do, do you think, Tim? So obviously looking at that package mm. there, do you think that Tuchel looks at each opponent and says, right, okay, we know what your strengths are. Mm. We know that Everton defend deep and defend yeah. in numbers. Do you think he gets opposition strengths and then tries to turn it into a weakness in their favour? He does, and he and he mentioned that when when he first came into Chelsea, and they talked about he's this tactician. He said straight out, I, I have a bunch of different formations. Mm. He he's going to change based on the opponent. And today, I thought. He got, he got his tactics absolutely spot on. And I think the beauty of it is is that we see that more often than not he plays the same system. But within that system, he can play so many different ways. And it's yeah. a real challenge for opponents because you don't know what you're going to get for them and how they're going to settle. And it is a challenge because, as you mentioned before, they set up to play against Mason Mountain. Mason Mountain wasn't on, yeah, exactly. on, in the starting lineup. Yeah. And so it's very, very clever on Tuchel's mm. part. You, know, you look at the managers out there. Pep Guardiola deserves all the praise. Yeah. Dean Smith mm-hmm. has Thomas Tuchel's making a case for one of the best performances yep. from a manager, and we have only seen him for a handful of games so far. So another win for Chelsea. You know, after the match, Pro Soccer Talk's Joe Prince-Wright did talk to Thomas Tuchel about Christian Pulisic's lack of playing time. Came in just the final few minutes there. To read the full explanation from the new Chelsea head coach, be sure to visit NBCSports.com slash soccer. Now, as we saw earlier, Karen Carney was on the call for Chelsea Everton alongside Peter Drury today on International Women's Day. Now, back in January, she became the first woman to serve as co-commentator on a Premier League production's world feed, and now she'll walk us through that historic day. Hi, um, I'm Karen Carney. I'm a former footballer, now pundit and co-commentator. I'm a woolly hat on, got the game today. I'm off to Crystal Palace versus Wolves to do co-commentary for Premier League Productions. So looking forward to that. I've done all my prep, hopefully. Um, there's been a few changes because of injuries, but um, I usually watch the games back. The team will play maybe two or three times just to get a, an overall knowledge of how they play formations and where players kind of go. So I use... Um, a scouting system to help me with that. When I'm up there in the gantry, I'll have an aerial view similar to how I watch it on my laptop at home. So, fingers crossed, um, it'll be a good game today. I'm looking forward to it. I was told to treat co-coms as if I was going to a game, as if I was playing. So, hydration, food, energy. 
Okay, so I've made it to Crystal Palace. It's one o'clock now. Kickoffs um, in two hours' time. Yeah, looking forward to meeting Jonathan. Haven't worked with him before, so get round and, and check in and make sure that we're on the same page, ready for the big game. I just thought I'd mention that I just got a really sweet message from Rebecca Lowe in America, wishing me good luck for the game today, for being the first female co-commentator on a World Feed game. Fully prepared, so I've got the biggest coat, got the heated delay, um, got the food and snacks. Wishing me good luck. Now, heading up to the gantry. We're all set up here. This is the most important one for me. We're going back to the gallery. So I'm just here with, with Jonathan now, getting all set up, ready for the game. There's probably 10 minutes to kick off. We've all made our notes. Jonathan's taught me through what we need to do as top man that he is. Um, good to go. A warm welcome to Sellers Park as Crystal Palace and Wolverhampton Wanderers meet for the third time this season. I'm Jonathan Beck, alongside me is the former Birmingham, Arsenal, Chelsea and England international Karen Carney. Hi Jonathan, we think it'll be a 4-4-2, maybe Zaha could play on the wing, we're not so sure, we'll see how they line up, but the key today is defensively, they need to improve. And can Wolves get the new man William Jose into the side quickly and linking up with Pedence and Neto? Zaha chops inside. I think he's got a good case there. I think Cody does clip his heel. Klein, it's Cody, and over it goes. That was the moment. Batshuayi should score that opportunity. Starting to show signs of confidence now, Crystal Palace. Jordan Ayuk, back to Eze. Eze on the left, driven in. It's a brilliant finish from Eze. He hits it hard, and he hits it low. But it's this, this, this little movement of the body there. And people underestimate that. It just gives him that yard. The game's opening off, and when one team attacks, the other sees the opportunity to counter-attack. Pedence puts it into a good area. And William Jose gets on the end of it. It's on a half volley. It's a difficult chance. And Guaita made a comfortable save. Zaha back on the left. Still Zaha! Off the bar. He cuts in field onto his left foot. Does everything right but hit the back of the net, but he expects Zaha to cut in and the form he's in to just put it into the bottom corner. Well, there it is. After three defeats in the last four games in all competitions, Roy Hodgson's men have come up with a win. I think he'll be so happy, more so with the clean sheet today and how he's made a lot of changes, but they've got the job done. So full-time at Crystal Palace. Palace won 1-0, great goal from Eze. Wasn't the greatest of games, but still me and Jonathan had a great one. Um, yeah, all over and home time now. I'm so happy to be back in the warmth of my car. I had a great time. I had fantastic people beside me and in my ear as well, so that was really good. Straight back on it for another game tomorrow, but um, brilliant day. Cesar, so congratulations on the win, considering that, you know, this top four race is so tight. How priceless is that victory today? Every every victory obviously is a step forward. We know that uh, we had to recover the ground that we lost, and uh, to be fair, tonight was a very good performance. Uh, Everton, they were getting very good results. Obviously, we know that they, they were a tough team, but the team worked perfectly. Uh, we played as a team with without the ball, and obviously, it's very uh, it's very pleasant to to see the team fighting without the ball and. And after the quality, I think we could uh, score even more goals. 
Nine clean sheets in 11 now under Thomas Tuchel. That's coincided with you coming back in the team as well. What is different in this side at the moment? What is behind that defensive solidity? Is it, is it you? No, I'm a part of, of the team that is working very hard since the striker to the goalkeeper. Everybody is doing the dirty job and... If we see, if if you see the way we fight for for the ball, the way uh, the strikers they press the ball and allows the the defenders to to push the line high, obviously it's less dangerous. And, and I'm very I'm very happy with that because the effort uh, when you are in the Premier League, you need effort from everybody. We know how tough it is to replicate it uh, every three days. So we are in a, in in the right way. But uh, as I said before, we are. Still far from uh, from where we want to be. We are in the right path, but we have to keep working because we didn't do anything yet. Today, the manager made five changes, but you still managed to grind out the result against a very good, as you say, Everton side. What does that sort of healthy competition do for the side with everyone fighting for their place, keeping their standards high in every single game? It feels as though he can change the lineup, he can change even the system if he wants to, but you all still seem to work together and find that formula to win. Well, that's a collective mindset. Uh, when uh, everybody is, uh, is working hard, is fighting for the place, when you are playing for Chelsea, it's, it's the top club in, in, in the world, and you have to, to fight for your place. There is nothing easy, and, and when you step on the pitch, the, the man gives you the chance, you have to, to, to be at your best. And, and in every training session, even when uh, you don't play the day after, the guys, everybody train very hard, and that's why I think when... The changes come in. Everybody's ready for it. Uh, we have the same idea. We play collectively. Uh, sometimes we adapt to different system. Uh, in the same system, different players, which it means uh, there is a different style of play. But the, the most important thing is that uh, we are thinking in, in the same way. So they had some good chances, not able to cash in on any of them. And David Moyes and company uh, win once again. Tim, since January 1st, there's only one club in the Premier League with more wins, more points earned. We can probably guess which club that <laughs> is, uh, Manchester City. Then West Ham. This is an incredible run for West Ham right now. West Ham, they play with arrogance, but not ego. They, they, they run for each other. They play for the manager. They play for the shirt, which has been a criticism of West Ham teams over the last, let's say, five to ten years, they, they weren't committed to the club. These players are, I mean, their captain, De- Declan Rice, leads by example. He runs all over the pitch. He's in his own six-yard box defending. He's getting in the other six-yard box to score. And everybody seems to be bought into what David Moyes wants as a, for his players in terms of representing this West Ham football club. It's a collective. Mm-hmm. 14 different goal scorers. And as Tim's quite rightly said, there's been players over the year, years that have played for West Ham that have looked at it and thought, West Ham United, you're lucky to have me. Mm-hmm. As an individual. Whereas I see a group of players, I see a manager that are so proud to wear that shirt. And that reflects on the pitch because it's collective, it's not individual. And, you know, he has to be up there for manager of the season of, of what he's achieving so far. And to be at a point at this stage of the season where they're challenging for the top four is brilliant. How much has Jesse Lingard meant to them? Because he wasn't getting a whole lot of run, if any run, over at Manchester United. Comes over and has four goals in six Premier League games. It's a big boost for, for any time a transfer or loan comes into a football club. It lifts the spirit of the team. This is a good, this is a good football team. Then all of a sudden... Jesse Lingard from the mighty Manchester United mm-hmm. is gonna, wants to come to West Ham, wants to pull on this shirt and give the Irons cross and be one of us. It lifts them because he's a match winner and they don't have a lot of them. It's, it's, it's another player who believes he has a point to prove. Mm-hmm. He was doing unbelievable not so long ago for Manchester United and for England. 
So you add him to players that have come from the Championship that are trying to prove that they're good enough to play in the Premier League, players that have come from the Championship because they got relegated that want to show they're good enough. David Moyes, who obviously had his, you know, not-so-great time at Manchester United, then his yeah. previous time at West Ham. So it's a team that is full of people that want to prove something, and, and while they're, they're doing that. The four goals that he has for West Ham is as many as he had previously in the 38 games, Premier League games, the previous 38 for Manchester United. Jesse Lingard, another goal for the Hammers talking afterwards. Jesse, well done. Three more important points, but they gave you one or two anxious moments in the second half, didn't they, Leeds? Yeah, I thought, um, you know, we started slow. Um, you know, we didn't take the ball. You know, we didn't feel, didn't feel like we was confident when we had the ball. And, you know, we, we scored the goals and got the three points, but if we want to push on and, and push for, for top four, we've got to do much better. Another goal for you to celebrate, but in that celebration, where well, there's a little bit of relief, to be fair? Yeah, um, obviously the keepers, you know, guessed, guessed the right way and, and saved it. And luckily it's, it's all straight and stuff and, you know, we, we scored. But, um, you know, like I say, we have to we have to improve on this performance. Um, you know, it's, it's not good enough if you want to want to push for top four. The penalty all down to your good work in the first place, then? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I like to, to commit players and when I've got time and space on the ball, um, you know, I, I like to drive and get in the box and, and try and think, um, make things happen. And, you know, probably, probably that was the only, only time... Um, moment you know, I had to, to do that and it's paid off. We saw the captain having a quick word with you just before he went to take the penalty. What was he saying? Just make sure you finish the job? Yeah, he was just saying, um, you know, do you want to take it? Are you, are you confident enough to take it? And I said, yeah, of course. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing well in recent games and, you know, it was a good score today. That's four goals in six games for you now since you've come here. Do you feel you're getting back to something closer to your best? Yeah, 100%. Like I say, it's, it's about consistency. And, um, you know, like I say, I felt like we dropped off it a little bit today. Um, you know, and like I say, we weren't good enough, but, you know, the three points are, are really important. And, and like I say, we take it into next week. Oh. Well, you are up to fifth. Is there a real belief that you can go for one of those European places? Yeah, definitely. Um, but like I say, we, we take each, each, each um, you know, game step by step. And, um, you know, like I say, we, we learn through each game and we go through each game. And like I say, it's not going to be all, um, it's not, not going to be easy every game. You know, Leeds gives, you know, the tough side and, and they give us a good, a good game today. So, you know, for us, um, you know, it's about, it's about new, objective, new objectives and like take, taking the confidence into, into, into the next game. What do you feel you deserved from tonight? Uh, it's hard to say, really. You know, we thought we started the game really well. Uh, scored two goals. Uh, I haven't seen them back, so I can't really comment on them. I think the, sec- or the first one was very, very close from where I was anyway. Both uh, marginal, but ultimately correct decisions. Correct decisions, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, look, these things, this is football and... And uh, that's the way it goes. Sometimes you get the rub of the green, and, and sometimes you don't. Uh, so, that was, as I say, we started the game really well, and then the game sort of got away from us. Um, they started to hit us on the counter attack a, a little bit, and obviously they get a penalty, which is frustrating because it could have been avoided uh, from where the ball come from to start off with, and then a set piece, uh, which is disappointing. Um, you know, it's been a problem for us earlier on in the season. We've worked hard to, to, to try and. Um, you know, help us in them situations, and unfortunately tonight we've conceded. Uh, we regrouped at half time, and, and we made a few changes, and we come out in the second half. Uh, I thought we took control of the game. We had a chance um, early on, and if that goes in, you know, it's a different game. Uh, we kept plugging away, and, and we created, you know, quite a few chances. And um, yeah, we're. I think it's one more. It, 
more frustration than anything uh, that we didn't get something out of the game because I think the game was there for us. You mentioned their second goal, a set piece. You knew the threat that West Ham possessed from set pieces. Could more have been done to stop that? I think you can always look at look at certain situations and, and goals you concede, and, and always there's always more you can do. Uh, you know, but we we knew coming here how big a danger they were from set pieces and. You know, when you've somebody like Cresswell putting the ball in, um, you know he's got a great delivery, and it's uh, yeah, it's disappointing that we've conceded from. How difficult are they to defend against in those situations? Because you were packing your penalty box with bodies to try and defend it. Yeah, it's always difficult. Uh, you know, but we've got to be brave. Um, we've got to go and attack the ball, go and win the ball, and uh, you know what? I think they've worked a block and somebody around the back, and um, I can't, I can't, I haven't really seen a back. Uh, yeah, but you know we're 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 hugely dis- uh, disappointed with that. Was it also a case tonight of missing some vital chances, particularly in the second period? I think we I think we missed a number of chances in the second period. Uh, as I say, we you've got to score at the right times, and um, you know at the start of the second half it would have given us a major boost if, we, if uh, that chance of, of Pat's had went in. Uh, but we kept going, and and um, we created a number another number of chances. Uh, you know I think I've cleared a couple off the line and a, f- a few blocks as well, and. As I say, it's one of frustration more than anything right now. That's four defeats in five now. Is that a cause for concern at all? Or is it your feeling that you're still on course for what would be a more than satisfactory season? Yeah, of course. It's it's, it's you know it's when you don't win games, it's disappointing. Uh, if we had got a result here tonight, it would have been a huge step forward for us. Uh, if we want to achieve uh, you know that top top half, um, you know, but we've got to get back to winning games. That's what we're here to do and. You know, we've lost a couple now and, and now we go uh, home to Chelsea on Saturday. Huge game and uh, we've got to regroup now and, and uh, prepare as best we can for that. David, congratulations on the win. Thank you. What did you think of the performance that won it tonight? Uh, not, not a good performance, not, not by our standards. The players are disappointed how they've they performed and uh, they've set really good standards. But uh, I think Leeds United do a lot to you. I think they make it really difficult for you to play. Obviously, you have to get into a game with them, which can be difficult. You need your forward players to play well, retain the ball, make make simple things happen, and I just didn't think we'd done that uh, well enough tonight. Why do you feel that was? You knew the threat that Leeds were going to bring. Because of Leeds United. We knew it. Everybody does, but you only need to look at the, the games. That's why probably this game's on, on tonight, because everybody knows Leeds United is a really good watch and will always challenge every team by the, by the style they play. Though Leeds started both halves particularly strongly, did you always feel that you were still in the degree of control? I felt we had a bit of control, but I didn't enjoy it because I didn't think we, when we did receive the ball, I didn't think we, we passed it well at all. I didn't think we, nothing like how we've played. But, you know, the bit that we are doing well is that we're resilient and we're being hard to beat and we're trying to keep the ball out the net as much as we can. So all those things are part of football and... Uh, you know, we scored two, we hit the bar, we hit the post, we had a couple other, we had a chance to make it 3-0, which would have taken eased all the pressure. You know, while, while they were chasing one goal, we were always going to be, it was always going to be a threat. Declan's joking with us that he'll be back on penalty duties from now on, we'll have to see. But uh, another goal for Jesse Lingard, aside from his goals, what is he adding to your team at the moment? Well, Jesse's been, Jesse's been terrific and he's, he's all-round plays added to us. He's, uh, he's played well. Not so well tonight because we needed our forward players, as I said earlier, to sort of be able to retain the ball better and link up better and 
in I thought we made the wrong decisions on several occasions, but uh, but you know he's been very good, and and we're glad he got the goal. The second goal put you in a strong position. Another set piece. How satisfying, not just for you, but for all of the staff. Yeah, you mentioned it before the game as well in, in your question. So, uh, well done. You've done your homework well there. But uh, no, it was a it was a great delivery by by Crazy and uh, and Craig Dawson. You know, goes and attacks it properly, and uh, it's great to see a, a good old fashioned cross and a header. Eleven games to go. Still a long way to go. But what belief do you have? What what does this season hold for you? Do you feel at this stage? Well, we're, we're doing really well at the moment and I mentioned the other, the other day that we're having a good season. We could have a great season and uh, we're aiming to try and have a great season. I think if the season finished now, we'd probably still say, you know, we've had a good year. But I was disappointed when we dropped out of the top four. I'm not saying I'm going to finish there, but I'm trying to relay that to the players and say to them, look, why can we not hang in, keep going? and uh, see what we can do but obviously anything in the top half of the league would be I think would be would have been seen as a as a strong strong season for West Ham this year the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well so set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So Ralph trying to keep his team healthy here. So let's talk about one guy, though, who is on the bench again today for City, perhaps the face of the club for a few years now, mm-hmm. a legend on the club, Sergio Aguero. Pep Guardiola recently saying that they're going to wait until after the season to talk about a contract extension for him. He's done this summer. Are we seeing the end of the Sergio Aguera era? Quite possibly, Ahmed, yeah, quite possibly. Um, We know he's been out. It's been over a year the last time he scored a Premier League goal. We know he's 33 in June. Uh, The comments really recent from Pep Guardiola saying that he's going to have to wait, like everybody else, Fernandinho and maybe some others, in terms of what they're going to do with the squad. But what an opportunity today to get him in the team. You know, they've got 10 games left. There's 11 points clear at the top of the Premier League. If, if you were thinking of, of, of the longer term, even this season, if you think that, that Aguero could be really important to you later when you're going for all these different trophies, then why don't you play him in this game? Why don't you start him in this game? Give him the minutes. Give him Southampton's lineup. I just, it just seems to me, even in his co- kind of cold interview there, mm. yeah, Aguero could play, played against West Ham. Um, it doesn't seem that the manager is keen on getting him or seeing if he can get back to his best in the next few weeks, mm-hmm. Tim, with the running in mind. It looks like he's going to just try and do, and they've done pretty well without him, without him. Well, it, the end rarely ends well in this mm-hmm. business. And he's been brilliant for the football club, for Manchester City. He's, he's won them league titles, and he's, he, they should build a statue for him. That's how great he's been. But he's been on the injury table, um, you know, more than he has goals in, in recent in recent times. Uh, he's 32 years old. You know, they, it's they. I'm sure they'll offer him something. I'm sure they'll want him to stay at some point, but at a certain number, at a certain cost. And look, they're going to go out and refresh. Jesus isn't scoring enough goals as a number nine. Aguero hasn't really done it because of the injuries. They're going to get someone in the summer, probably a big time striker. And so, 
you know, the end looks like it's near for him. And it, it, it's always sad when, when a top player has to go out. But there'll be, he'll have suitors. So he can chase the sunshine somewhere and be what you just said for a team. Maybe come in and score some goals, you know, towards the end of a game for, for a top club still in the world because he still has the quality. Look, they're, they're fighting on four fronts. I just see that there's a space and a spot for him this season somewhere. There so has why does to he, be. But so why doesn't he play him? Exactly. I don't yeah. know. No, I don't know why he doesn't play him today. He should. Yeah. Because that's the argument. You, you haven't needed him, right? They clearly didn't need him 21 right. games in a row. But there might come a spot where you need that guy, that, that striker. Well, well, our buddy Robbio loves Aguero and, and thinks that, that he is going to have a big part to play. And mm. that when it does come down to the, to the moments in big games into the season, he wants him there. But yeah. it doesn't look like Pep does. It just doesn't. I just... It's just the way it is. They've done again. We're going to see it today with a false nine. Jesus has been playing. It looks like Aguero is going to struggle to stay at the club. I think after the season, it makes it very difficult. Tough to argue with the results from not having him out there and the way that they're playing. But uh, can't look into the crystal ball and say that you're not going to need him in some of these tournaments coming up. Back in studio, Ahmed Fareed, Tim Howard, Robbie Musto, glad you're with us today. That was a fun one, 5-2. Fun one if you're Manchester City, for sure. Uh, you wondered, Robbie, how they would respond. Their first loss in, like, four months against uh, Manchester United responded pretty well today. At the end of the match, yeah, you look at the 5-2 uh, the scoreline. I didn't think they pl- reacted well in the first half an hour. Mm. I think they were a little bit slow, a little bit lethargic. Maybe Pep said something at halftime, because at the start of the second half, there definitely was a little bit more tempo in their football uh, just looked like they were basically trying harder. And then, of course, you have the ability of Riyad Mahrez could take over any game. He is absolutely at the top of his game, maybe than we've ever seen, even at Leicester City right now. Um, so, yeah, 5-2 looks great. Much better in the second half. A Rotate- uh, bit of rest and rotation, of course, as normal. Aguero gets some minutes. Um, but, yeah, they'll feel good about that scoreline. What did you think, Tim? Well, I thought, you know, it's interesting with the City team. They go through these spurts and pockets in the season where – one player will go through an incredible run, right? We thought it was Phil Foden for a while at the beginning, and then De Bruyne gets hurt, Gundogan takes over, and he scores all the goals. And now, as you mentioned, Mares, he's in fine form. And so it's a really nice luxury to have when you can put out, you know, a forward-thinking team and say, hey, share the ball, score the goals. One of you needs to take over. Feel free to do it. There's a lot of responsibility in that front line for Manchester City. Tim, what are we thinking about Southampton right here? Because they are seven points from the relegation zone. They're not out of the woods yet. Their upcoming fixtures a little more favorable here with Brighton. Then you got Burnley and West Brom in the league. Well, I just don't know what to make of, of Southampton today. Look, it, it, if today was just kind of a toss-up from Hassan Hill, I, I get it. The next, the next four games, Brighton, Burnley, West Brom, Palace, they need to show us something from those games. Those are games yeah. that they should win. They're a good enough team in the attack defensive. They need to sort them out. I just wanted them to have, uh, have a better lineup. Mm. Same, actually, I, I thought it was going to be five at the back. It wasn't. It was their normal kind of 4 4 2 variant that they play. Uh, different players, a weakened team, and they have a go. I mean, whether yeah. you like it or not, they don't park the bus. They have a little bit of a play. Let's have an open game against Man City. Man City were more. Uh, in the second half, more focused, and, and they concede five more goals. And, you know, a lot, lot of mistakes defensively as well. A lot of players involved for Manchester City this one. A couple of braces and Phil Foden with a couple of assists. His reaction after the match. Phil, seven goals. What did you make of the game? Yeah, it was quite strange at times, you know. I thought they started really well with the high pressing. Made it very hard for us. Um, the pitch was a bit muddy today and it was hard to play out from the back. Um, but yeah, we end up breaking through and, and scoring the first, and then from there on there were just many goals. Um, you know, it's quite a crazy game to be honest. Perhaps did you take the lead against the run of play? 
yeah, you know, it was important, um, you know, um, you know, Riyadh was playing well at the time and he unlocked the door for us and, yeah, it's really important to get back on track today. Of the five you scored, was perhaps the most important and it's timing, the third? Definitely, you know, once you get that um, second goal advantage, um, it's really important. You can start settling down and playing your football. But um, I thought they just carried on playing the same way and, yeah, fair play to them to give it a good try today. How much did you enjoy the position you played tonight? Yeah, I played in many um, positions this year and even today I changed my role slightly in the second half. Um, yeah, I'm just enjoying learning new roles and yeah, it can only help me be a better player. Two assists as well, does that give you satisfaction? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've been scoring a lot this year, um, so yeah, I want to add assists to my game as well. So, so yeah. Now, did you think you were going to get a penalty? Um, you know, I'm an honest guy and I never like to dive, but um, you know, I thought I'd try to stay on my feet and... And yeah, I thought it was 100% a penalty. I don't know what happened there, but, but yeah, it happens and we just have, just have to re react after that. Now, there was never going to be a panic after losing one game, but was it important to get straight back to winning? Definitely. Um, you know, it worked nice losing the derby. You know how big that game is for us, but um, I thought we, we rolled our sleeves up today and yeah, got back to winning ways. Well done, well done tonight. We'll play for Thank you. Well done, Pep. What did you make of the game? Tough game. They started incredible well. The team like make us suffer the most this season. Without the ball, they have a process to play incredible well. Uh, and after two shoots and target, we scored two goals. Uh, after in the first half, John John know that VAR made they did the rest. Uh, second half we're much much better, definitely. Unfortunately, with the with the four one, we concede the goal. He has to to avoid it. But in general, uh, uh, yeah, good. Another victory and uh, yeah, fuller. What was it that they were doing that were causing you so many problems in the first half? Because they, because they are so good. They put a lot of players in the middle. They Vestergaard and Bednarek and uh, with Prowse and they have the quality to to attract with his passes our players in the middle. And after they found behind. Uh, the two wingers and the strikers, uh, yeah, they did it. They do it really, really well. So, uh, but of course, they expose a lot. And every time we can regain the ball, you have a chance to run and make a counterattack. But uh, yeah, the first team, in the first 50, 20 minutes, the first team I have a face. We have a face here in Etihad Stadium this season. Did you show your quality in and around their goal though to take yeah, your goal? Absolutely. Today, won the quality of our players. The quality of our players uh, won the game. When I said many times, this game belongs to the players and the quality, they won the game. Riyad and Phil and uh, Kevin, they, they won the game. Phil Foden just said to us, he, he was pretty sure it was a penalty, but he always tries to stay on his feet. What did you make of the incident? I don't understand why Fulham disallowed the goal against Tottenham. I don't understand the hands from Arsenal against Burnley. And another example is the penalty today. Like we won, it's incredible, happy, and uh, you know, and everything. John cannot see it, but the VAR is there. Don't whistle the penalty is incredible. You know that uh, for a long time, and maybe in four or five years, never complain about the referees and the action. But this action is really incredible, incredible. Are you just bemused quite regularly as to? what decisions are and you're not the only manager saying this. The VR exists for the referees don't see the action can make a mistake that's why you review but if it's a review don't whistle the penalty this action uh, so I don't understand 
honestly. The same with the Fulham, Arsenal, so the hands. Maybe one day they will explain us really the rule for all the managers, all the players. But the penalty today, okay, it's 5-2. When the moment was 1-1, if, if we are not able to win today, because the quality of the opponent, we are just, not just, it's enough. Eight points clear, and in that moment is 1-1. Uh, so Could have been that's very why I'm the proud. I'm the proud because in this club, I don't know in other ones, but in this club, what we have done this decade or the last years, we won it, we did it for ourselves. That's for sure. You said to us before the game, I've got to leave people out right now. Are you in a really healthy position as you go for all four competitions you're still in and you've got virtually everybody fit right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fit. Yeah, we're very fit. Yeah. So you're in a very strong position going forward? Uh, Fulham. Fulham. Game is, by game. Full, of course. Fulham is the only reason why and the other ones and the players will decide for their behaviours and how they compete. Now, now arrive in the right moment of the season. In the right moment of the season, when it's not many games, of course, they're going to play the players who help me a lot during this season, help the team a lot. The players, uh, I'm going to rotate less. It's going to the players who, who thinks about, uh, you know, the club and uh, the team. And uh, the rest will sit in the bench. Thank you, Pep. You're very welcome. Ralph, really eventful game. What did you make of it and the outcome? Yeah, I think uh, we played quite well, I must say, although we conceded five goals. But uh, the difference was we had, I think, more ball wins than they, but they scored the goals. And in a way, that is uh, yeah, fantastic, uh, world class. When they win the ball, it goes so quick. And we made it a little bit too easy before the halftime. The two goals were not necessary, I think. But until that moment, they had one chance. This was the, the goal in the, first, in the 15th minute, I think. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the first half, I think we played some fantastic football, uh, very brave with the ball. We let them run, we created a few good chances. We had a big one from Musa after ball win. This was the difference. They score in such a moment and we don't. This is the final quality, I think, that uh, is missing then. And yeah, and then in the second half, you see when you are then two down and then they get confident and we are a little bit tired in the first 15 minutes until we changed a few players. Then it looks horrible because then you are always too late and then you are around the box and they have so much quality. You cannot play like this, I think. And after the changes, it was much better because then we tried again to press higher, keep them away from our goal. We had more possession then. No, I must say, um, absolutely okay what we did today. Obviously, not the result you wanted, but performance-wise, did you get? Did you get what you deserve by being brave, by taking it to them? Not always, uh, but uh, yeah. In the end, it's it's not so interesting if you lose one zero or five two. Uh, to be honest, uh, this game uh, enjoy more than if you sit back here 90 minutes and uh, park the bus in front of the goal. So, no, I think we showed today how we can play football, how brave we have been with the ball against a very strong side, and this is this is our way. And I must say. Although the young lads are coming in, they tried, and this is what, what we need to do, and um, this is what I like to see, and I enjoyed the game, to be, to be honest. Is the wider picture that you were able to rest and rotate players ahead of a massive game at the weekend? Yeah, I mean, people had then 30 minutes, this was good. We had a few guys rested for the weekend. And uh, yes, I mean, uh, we have an intense way of playing football, we know this, uh, but you have seen today also when you are 
committed and you are active, then you can also win a lot of uh, balls against this team. And, and I think this was, again, a good, a good uh, message for our way we, we play football. But, um, yeah, although you didn't get points, we are, we are not so disappointed. Having played four times on the road, all in the north of the country as well, looking forward to being back at your place. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's fantastic. I mean, today it felt a little bit like Champions League, to be honest. Eh? Play on Wednesday evening against, against Man City here. Uh, yeah, we enjoyed it. It was absolutely um, a, good, a good evening. Pep said to us that you're the team that have challenged them more than any other this season here. It looked like you shared a, a nice moment with him as well on the final whistle. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm a big fan of his football. I mean, with the ball, there's no better coach out there in football, to be honest. Against the ball, he doesn't like to play against us, I think, because uh, we are very good committed, I think, and this is what he, what he enjoys with our game. And, and uh, uh, it's always a, a good challenge And uh, when these two philosophies are, are facing each other. But we have made a big development also with the ball so far, with our side, uh, in the, with the limits we have with our players. But, but no, it was, I always enjoy the, the games against him because he's a fantastic manager and uh, it's always uh, a tough fight. The North London Derby. So Arsenal 12 points from the relegation zone, 12 points from the top four. That is smack dab mid-table. You can't be more mid-table than that. But more interesting is, is Spurs here in this one. Three league wins in a row, moving in a positive direction, trying to get into the top four here. Yeah, they've still got a chance in the Premier League. And I, I, we know that they've got Europa. In fact, they've both got Europa League games first legs tomorrow. So it's the same amount of rest going into Sunday's match. Um, I just want to see Spurs go on the front foot, take it to Arsenal. Play Gareth Bale, you know, and I'm sure that Mourinho wants to play him. It's just, of course, mm. about his durability and his fitness levels. Um, but get on the front foot, play those attacking players and really have a go at Arsenal. That's what I want to say. I don't want to see a Jose Mourinho back North London derby. Mm. Let's get back behind the ball, play on the counter-attack. It's not, it's proven now. It's not how Spurs have been at their best this season. Mm. It's very much more... Let's have the ball, let's defend with the ball and get our attacking players into the game. Do you agree with Robbie? Well, that, that's, that's what we saw last time out. Kane, Son... Lucas Moore, Bale, that's their best front four. Unleash them. Let them press from the front. It's not, we, we've not seen that often from Jose Mourinho, but when he does do it and he allows them to press higher up the pitch from the front, I mean, those front four are scary. And, and they showed that this past weekend. I just have a feeling Jose Mourinho is going to want to turn the screw a little bit in the North London Derby. They still have an opportunity, small one, but if they catch, they catch a real good run of form, they could maybe possibly get into the top four, which would be massive for them. And still going forward with Europa League games and such, they do have big games, and this is one of them. So what's at stake for Arsenal? Tenth in the table. Obviously, it's a North London derby. That's always huge. But what's at stake? Bigger picture well, for them. It feels like it's bigger for them in, in many ways, the way that they are on the league table right now. Yeah. And if there's one thing that they've got to stop, it is, is stop finding ways to not win games. Mm. Their performances have generally been pretty good. You're watching the games. like well, that, you know, And then somebody makes a stupid error, a real daft mm -hmm. error, or somebody gets a red card where where he makes a mistake. So it's just that they're, they're hurting themselves when the performances have been better under Mikel Teta. And, of course, he's trying to evolve this team now with some of the younger players. But, I mean, when they're sat 10th in the league table, it's not a good look for Arsenal. And when you talk about those mistakes, Burnley forced them into mistakes by pressing higher up the pitch. And that's why I think we'll see that from Tottenham. But Arsenal, sadly, I think are just a mid-table team this season. Mm. And this is an opportunity, if Mikel Arteta gets it right, to say to his troops, guys, 
we, if we do anything this season, we go out and we win a North London Derby. We at least put our yeah. stamp back on this thing. A positive. It's interesting because it really is a good, interesting fight for the top four. You got eight clubs in the mix there, and Arsenal are not one of those eight clubs. But a win is a win, especially in the North London Derby. Ilkay, welcome again to NBC. Lovely to see you. We'll talk a little bit in a moment about your trip to see us a few years ago, but I want to start by talking about this season. Um, your Manchester City's Premier League leading scorer. What is going on there? <laughs> I have no idea, to be honest. That's, uh, that feels kind of strange. Um, but of course, I appreciate um, how well it's going so far for me this season. Um, but I'm even 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 happier about the way we play as a team, you know, about the results that we have achieved uh, over the last few months, um, and of course the position that we are in the table right now. So uh, that's something we want to keep going. I want to take you back to earlier on in the season, especially the first couple of months, where you were lower down the table. You hadn't quite, as a team yet, found that groove that we all know so well with Manchester City. Back then, Ilkay. Were there concerns in amongst the group and the club that this just this season wasn't going to be your season? Um, not concerns, to be honest, but uh, obviously we knew that it's going to be a difficult one, um, especially this year with all the circumstances, everything with Corona going on. Um, we knew that it's going to be a tough, uh, tough season. Um, so I think we were prepared for it. Um, but then also... Um, and then I think the, the credit uh, belongs um, fully to the manager here. Um, I feel like Pep um, tried to change uh, a couple of things, you know, in terms of uh, our game, of our tactics. And uh, it just worked, worked out great. And um, it had a big impact on the way uh, we played the last few months, uh, also on our success, um, so that we are just now in a completely different position. And did Pep change your role a little bit? It does feel a bit different, your role. Yeah, personally, I play now, this, especially this season, I play a more offensive role. Obviously, with uh, David Silva leaving the club in the summer, we lost someone who had a big impact on, on our game over the last years. You know, like we had to adjust uh, a couple of things. The manager had to adjust a couple of things, try to make things a little bit more different, try to adapt more to the, to the players that are on the pitch with their qualities. And of course, uh, my role um, is to mention there as well. So um, I play more offensive, a uh, bit more freedom, going towards the opponent's goal. And I just try to be in the right spaces in the right moment. And uh, it's worked out quite well, um, especially during the last few weeks. I just try to keep continuing like that and uh, try to keep, keep on going. You've had another big game, only recently, the Liverpool game at Anfield. Can you let us into the dressing room, Ilkay, afterwards and tell us what that atmosphere was like? Yeah, obviously the atmosphere was great. Um, everyone was happy. Obviously happy about the result. We've we've scored four goals uh, uh, at Anfield. I don't know for how long, how many years we didn't win at Anfield, but it felt like a big relief. But I would say even 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 happier about the way we've played, especially in the second half. I think it was just great football from our side. We didn't concede anything apart of the of the penalty, uh, which was the the equaliser. And then the, we, the way we reacted uh, after that equaliser was just impressive, I think. And uh, we just enjoyed being there on the pitch, you know, all together. The players who were not involved in the game were supporting us from, from the sidelines. So um, it was just amazing. It was a team effort. And um, yeah, in this, in this moment, you, you know why you, why you play football and why, why you love the game. 
Okay, we've been analysing Manchester City in the studio this season and of course we have to start at the back with the difference with Ruben Diaz and John Stones. When Ruben Diaz arrived at the club, is he one of those players, Ilkay, that when you saw him in training and you saw him play a little bit, you knew straight away that this player was going to be a game changer for you guys? Um, I don't know if that was so if that was so obvious in training. I mean, we always knew that he has you know, qualities in training and he brings something else to our game. But then also his character, I would say, you know, like the, the way he speaks up also in the dressing room before the game, the way he talks in the in the game, you know, um, tries to help every single player. And because I play just in front of him, I always can hear him and he always uh, tries to navigate me on the pitch. And that helps me a lot. And he's very communicative. He finds always the right words in the dressing room. And he's someone... Uh, who you can follow as well, you know, he's, he's, he's really a leader and um, yeah, he, he shows that every single game and um, that I think is also something that uh, helps us a lot this season. And yet he's only 23 years old. Have you met many 23-year-olds with such leadership skills already? No, not really, to be honest, not really. But I think it's also something that is just in your character or it's not. Um, you can lead... Also in a different way, uh, you can lead also with just performing on the pitch, you know, and give your team a boost. And then also there's, uh, you know, maybe an old-fashioned leading uh, in terms of speaking up, which is uh, more likely someone like, like Ruben. There are different ways, and uh, maybe that was something that, uh, that was a little bit missing in our team. So, Ilka, a few years ago, you came over to New York City. You had an injury, so you were out for quite a while. Um, and you came into our studio and uh, you were, it was excellent. You were up at the touch screen. You were doing all the tactics. It was after Manchester City and Liverpool drew 1-1. And uh, the guys in the studio just loved talking to you. Have you, since then, have you done any more TV or have you, have you practiced your punditry? Are you thinking maybe TV might be something for your future? Um, I was actually thinking a couple of times if that is something that could be in interest of mine. Um, and actually, why not? I can imagine. Um, but I haven't done anything, anything after that. That was, that was also, I think, the first time I've done something like that um, for me. So it was quite interesting for me, for me as well. Um, and I've, I've enjoyed it as well. And uh, thanks, thanks again for having me that, uh, that day. But uh, I haven't trained on my, on my skills. So um, let's, see, let's, see what, let's see what the future brings. I mean, I also, I'm happy actually that I, that I haven't done something after you guys because that obviously means that I stayed healthy, you know, and I'm fit and I'm on the pitch. So I don't have the time really to do something. But in the future, after the career, I don't know, why not? But... Um, I don't know at this moment. Well, in the nicest possible way, we hope you never come back because like you say, that means you have no injury. But at the same time, you are welcome back to NBC anytime. I will throw the Robbies off the set. You are welcome to sit anytime. Okay. Um, just before we go, I just wanted to ask you about your charity campaign. I know in Manchester, you live in central Manchester and you are a big fan of some of the restaurants and the cafes around where you live. Just let our viewers know a little bit more about your campaign and why you're doing it, Ilkay. So um, actually, I, I, I spoke a couple of uh, weeks ago with one friend of mine and uh, we have a mutual friend who is an NBA player for the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, called Larry Nance Jr. And he came here, um, I think, two or three years ago um, to visit um, a, few, a few games, I think, after their, after their season. 
Um, and uh, you went to a few stadiums, you came also to Man City. I had the privilege to host them. And my friend mentioned to me a couple of weeks ago, um, and he's uh, still a lot in, in, in touch with him, and he told me about the campaign, about the charity that he does in Cleveland. And it's basically the same, the same that we do now here in, in Manchester. So he was really the inspiration for us. And I thought what he's doing there is just amazing. And uh, because, and you mentioned it, because um, I really enjoy going out for a coffee or going out for a dinner, you know, to the different venues, restaurants, because I really love that. And I know also a lot of people working in, 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 in this business um, right now. Um, I just thought, um, yeah, I try to do my part, try to support um, these businesses, these people, and uh, try to give something back. And um, to be honest, it's not very difficult for me because at the end, um, I just put uh, items on an auction uh, that fans can bid for and these items of mine are already there so um, of course I have friends and family sometimes asking but um, yeah um, it's, 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 it's really great to see fans uh, participating and then uh, after Liverpool game I asked Phil Foden maybe if he can donate me his shirt you know um, to put on there and it's 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 incredible and um, the plan is also you know for until the rest of the season to continue with that maybe even to put um, opponent's shirts on there or, or different uh, items boots or whatever um, and then I don't know maybe even after the season this, this is something that can even even grow more so we will see but uh, for now I'm just happy to be able to give something back and um, yeah, uh, try to help these, these, these people. And they'll be worth even more money if you're a Premier League winner, Elkai. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, we wish you luck. And you're right, what Larry Nance Jr. is doing over here is fantastic. What you're doing over there is brilliant. So we thank you for that and thank you for your time. And thanks again for joining us on NBC. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hope to see you soon. You too. Coming up on Sunday, circle this one, the North London Derby, 12.30 Eastern on NBCSN, Tottenham, Arsenal, Tottenham with three straight Premier League wins in a row. Three other games coming up on Sunday, Southampton back on the pitch, taking on Brighton, which is why you saw Ralph make some of the decisions he made today. That's a very important game for them, Leicester versus Sheffield United, Man United versus West Ham, and then Monday we finish off match week 28 with Wolves versus struggling Liverpool. 